Welcome to Well Examined, the podcast where science and discovery meet intuition and wellness with your host, Christine Dynes. Each episode, I'll chat with the best minds in integrative epigenetic health, biohacking, neuroscience, quantum healing, and lifestyle design, as well as a slew of reputable citizen scientists across all facets of wellness. Today we are joined by friend and colleague, Dr. Patty Milligan. Dr. Patty and I have logged many incredible conversations about the neuroscience and experience of eating and travel. Dr. Patty has been researching and exploring the integrated field of functional nutrition for over 35 years now. You're definitely gonna find her PhD work in regenerative nutrition intriguing as we discuss her latest endeavor, which I absolutely love, Jet Renewal Kit. But before I tell you too much, let's welcome her. Hi, Patty. How are you today? Oh, I'm great. Thanks, Christine. I'm so excited for our chat. I'm so happy you could be here. So instead of traditional bios like most podcasts do, I love to introduce my guests by having them answer the question, what their guy is. This has become our little signature question. So you take it away and dive in by telling everybody listening about that. Oh, bless you. And thank you. I think this is just such a clever way to really start to introduce somebody so that people can kind of get to know what, what how I scratch my itch, right? <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And I would, sure. And I would say, um, you know, as a nutritionist early on, when I first fell in love with this field, gosh, heavens, like you say, over 35 years ago, I realized there's an art to eating. Yes. I mean, there's such a common, yeah, there's such a common language, no matter what country you're in, uh, no matter what socioeconomic group you are, we all eat. And so that's such a common basis. And yet when I think of art of eating, I actually think there's two sides of it. One, there's nourishment education, which of course you're topping your field with that, right? <laughs> Knowing what is the best nutrients and how to feed and the schedule of that. But, you know, then there's an other side of what the way that our brain works, and that's really sensory appreciation. And I really think what really excites me and my passionate purpose is when I can help people find their art of eating. It takes out judgment. It takes out the blame and shame about how come they can't agree with the foods that would really navigate their health better. But they can find this delicious spot of an art of their eating and they can marry all the science behind with really the enjoyment of food that resonates within their body, which, you know, on their plate, of course, comes all of their history of food and probably some good and bad that they've gained with um, just understanding where they fit in with food and then the health side of it. So I would say that that's where I park is develop people's art of eating for themselves. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. You're calling it the art of eating. And I always refer to it as intuitive eating, but I just love the way yes. that sounds, the art of eating, finding their personal groove, because there are so many societal uh, nonsensical <laughs> ideas that get into <laughs> our heads and onto our plates that really don't need to be there. So I love that you described yes. it that way. So your doctorate yeah. work is in the neuroscience of taste and regenerative nutrition. What inspired this really specific, cool focus for you? <laughs> yes, it's a bit crazy, I'm sure, as it sounds. Ever since, again, I, as I'm sure you, 
um, you know, healthy eating comes with certainly a compliance factor, right? Mm -hmm. And yet so many of my clients, even the kids, I started out in pediatric oncology and then went to the burn unit and then finally high performance athletes and executives and all across the board, there was all this element of when their taste buds agreed with the (laughs) foods that really gave them high performance. We, we hit it out of the park. And when it didn't, it was such a rub. And so my question all along was, I wanted to study taste bud physiology. I wanted to study is much like growth plates, right? They close at a certain age. And I wondered, even from kids on, were there windows of time that in the maturation process that taste buds were open to accept new tests? tastes and were they closed at some point and I'll never forget just on mark so I was like all right I'm going to study the maturation of taste buds and see if we can figure out how to introduce healthier foods to people for higher compliance and I had this one neuroscientist that was just you know I just love when they cut to the chase right and he looked (laughs) right at me and he said listen you can study taste buds till you're blue in the face sweetheart it's all about the quality and quantity of saliva and all of a sudden that got my attention I and, uh, right. And then, you know, he even went one step further and said, I don't know if you realize there's three things in the body that stays consistent day to day. You can imagine the alternative are our toenail growth, our hair, our skin turnover, for that matter, not to be too um, gross, but even the amount of eye boogers or mucus you produce every day changes <laughs> based on a set of set of criteria, right? But he said, there's three things in the body that stay consistent. No surprise to you, blood sugar, no matter if you're high or low or managing it or not. We come out with, you know, and some doctors would use the the phase set reset point. We all have a reset point that we go back to every single day. The same for blood pressure. The third element is the amount of saliva. We produce about the same amount within our body physiologically every single day. And there again, I was like, huh, if the body puts this much emphasis in saliva, holy Hannah, I want to study it. And so (laughs) that's so then I I just got into this crazy field. And then when I looked in the U.S. and no disrespect to our wonderful universities for studying deep knowledge in nutrition, any saliva related was tied to the food industry, which is fine. But I wanted to study the neuroscience. I wanted to study what's going on in that crazy brain of ours that dictates the amount of saliva and how do we impact it? uh, And what does that do for resilience or or regeneration? And that took me over to Paris. Uh, I studied at University of Sorbonne, which happened to partner with Coronel Blue. Oh, which, oh so darn, cool. every, <laughs> every <laughs> meal was prepared so deliciously. Oh for my gosh, study, amazing. You know, yeah, the neuroscience of taste. So that's really how I got into the uh, the neuroscience of taste was through the, you know, the back door of taste buds, which led me to saliva. Okay, so that's how you logged so many hours of travel. You were going over to Paris. Okay, that is yes, me. Yes. I love that. That's incredible. So this is a great time to just talk about your latest project, Jet Renewal Kit and Saliva. So for those of you who haven't tried it yet, Jet Renewal Kit, it's a new nutritional system for traveling. I started using the system on all of my air travels because as a researcher, I needed to get you know my own data, of course. And then my husband and my daughter, they're recruited, of course, for all of these experiments. But can you tell everyone about how your travel life and watching the physiological effects of travel on others really inspired you 
uh, to develop the jet kit? Sure, absolutely. So at the time I was entering this, um, you know, phase of research and study, uh, I was working with high-level executives that, you know, if all of you can remember back to even 2017, when we would have executives that would travel sometimes four continents in a week, yes, right? Just crazy. Yes. And, and in working with them in high-performance nutrition, two things kept popping out as kind of a red thread. Number one is the risk of travel was crazy. I'd have some executives say, I go from New York to California. I have the worst jet lag. I go from LA to Hong Kong and I arrive ready to go. Why is that? How is that? And then I'd have some executives that would say, and of course, this is actually 76% from my research that say, it's a crapshoot when I travel. I yeah. My bowels get bound up. I, I feel sleepy. I feel almost irritable when I land. And so in this, I was like, you know, how can I really benefit my executives with high performance nutrition and the look at travel? And obviously another neuroscientist, and this one was from the Mayo Clinic, said, well, you do know when you travel, your saliva drops 30 to 50%. And that was like the aha moment. I was like, yeah, you know what? this is so curious. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, no. And, and so then it was more than. Well, if it drops, number one, could we find out why? And proof of concept study, which was what mine was, and of 10, it was a pilot study, because I was like, what if we course corrected? What if we did things in the nutrition spe spectrum to try to mitigate the drop of saliva? Would we, in fact, impact immune digestion and really kind of how we take out the trash, really our detoxification system? Uh, because those three are truly impacted by travel. And thankfully, I was able to actually see that the dial could move based on, um, you know, a protocol to change the saliva level with people when they travel. That is so, so fascinating. And it's funny because you're discussing how significantly it shifts. And then you see people doing things like drinking coffee or really bitter tea, yes. alcohol. And so I can only imagine that it must bump that another 20 to 30 percent of how the saliva yeah. is shifting, or maybe that's already accounted into that percentage. But whenever I see people to my right or left, I, I want to stand up and give them a <laughs> about not drinking on the plane or whatnot. Yes. So I recently traveled for a consulting project a few months ago to the Biomed Center in Rhode Island. So it traveled across two time zones and I used Jet Renewal Kit. I woke up so early the next morning and I wasn't tired at all. And I can tell you that in the past, I would be getting ready for travel. I'd be so busy. And so when I would show up the next morning, I'd be feeling a little bit of that anxiety feeling that most of us can relate to in our bodies after travel. And I was so surprised to find that sensation had completely disappeared. And that really made me start paying attention even more to, um, you know, how I feel around traveling. But Jet Renewal Kit was the only variable that had really, you know, changed significantly. So since we haven't really discussed the nutraceutical blend yet in Jet Renewal, can you talk a little bit about what uh, may have yielded that response for me? Oh, certainly. And first off, I really have to say kudos for you to have such an awareness of how you actually feel <laughs> as you prepare you. for 
travel because that's such a key. And, and I'm sure you have discussed this many times over with your patients and clients, but you know what? We really are ruled by what I call our own security system, which surprisingly is our nervous system. And um, so what you were experiencing and, and what I would see is that we have two sides of a nervous system, right? I, I akin it much like the gas pedal and the brake in the car. And we know a trip well-traveled in the car, we use both. And it turns out that throughout a 24-hour cycle in our body, that we use both sides of our nervous system quite effectively. One, no surprise to anybody, and you even mentioned, you know, we want hyperarousal, which is our our side of the nervous system that is gas and that gets us going and that many of your executives perform very well because they have a very active system and then we have rest relaxation digest and regeneration side of our nervous system and probably no surprise sleep is probably the best way that we get a nice dose of that break but throughout the day we actually as we say oscillate or like a teeter-totter we go back and forth And so when we travel, what you were experiencing, you're exactly right. When you've got many plates in the air and you're making sure that you've traveled with just the right and, you know, you haven't forgotten anything and you got to have that little extra oomph to get through security now instead of the old days when you walk right up to the plane. What we realized is with saliva, our drop in saliva actually is a signal for the body to really kind of pause the side the brake side of our nervous system or parasympathetic. And what doing that also pauses, or if you will, kind of take offline the immune system and the digestive system. And for all of your um, viewers and listeners, of course, it doesn't completely, but we definitely know that it definitely pauses it to the back burner. So what we created within the kit is we found out first and foremost, the one nutraceutical is a chewable probiotic tablet that actually challenges your saliva glands to keep producing saliva, even though the response in our body is hyperarousal. And by shifting this saliva forward, it has us again, teeter totter to more of a parasympathetic side. And then another nutraceutical that we found during travel, and there's great double blind clinical trials on it now, is that elderberry, uh, and of course, now that's kind of front and center because of everything we've been through the last year, is a one, I call it kind of a personal trainer for the immune system. So I would love your feedback on what you think, but it doesn't hit the immune system over the head. It really just (laughs) says, come on, let's pump up a few more reps and sets. So that you... Yeah, you stay alert, right? And then the third component, and I really give my um, sort of my co-founder, Dr. Jeff Drobot, he's a biological medicine doctor, credit for this, is he said, you know, we don't take out the trash as well when we travel. And no surprise to us, our lymphatic system is our sewer system. And when you're sitting in a plane, you know, we're often much more sedentary than we are in real life. And so bronchoglutathione is what I kind of saying, sort of a protective coat for the cell in that it helps protect against the added radiation that we get. But more importantly, it triggers the cell to say, hey, keep producing that garbage. We're going to be able to illuminate or eliminate it. And so with kind of that three phase approach, we like to say we're equipping the body with little nuggets so that immune digestion and saliva for our nervous system all stay intact. So we don't even know that we've actually traveled in the tube. Oh, I love that. So we don't even know. That is brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) 
So what is it about the particular strain of probiotic that you all chose when formulating? Yes, um, thank you. So interesting, I always like to talk about the essential oils in it first. Okay, and yeah, have, go for it. Yeah, we actually have peppermint, ginger, and essential oil lemon. And I hope already some of you guys are salivating just hearing those three essential oils. <laughs> Uh, because they're natural and, and really they're called nervines because they work with that delicious part of our nervous system that brings about a rest, digest, and relax. And um, and then the the um, pre-probiotic that we chose is one, it's a mouthful. It's Streptococcus salivarius. No surprise. It sounds like there's a saliva element to it. And it turns out that it's a natural probiotic that is in our mouth, that is secreted, and it challenges the saliva glands to keep producing saliva. And probably its best studies are related to our delicious oral microbiome. And uh, so what we found in this great combination, it's used actually in xerostomia research, which is dry milk research, right? Where we have the risk of not having a good, healthy ecosystem in the mouth. So it leads to all, you can imagine, all the oral conditions that aren't so healthy for the body. But it also is kind of the canary in the coal mine in that if we really can get that juiciness in our mouth, at elevated saliva with that probiotic of Streptococcus salivarius, now you're giving this layer of protection as we're being exposed to a different set of microbes when we travel. And, um, you know, I don't know how long masks are around for travel, but why they are, we know that there's more dehydration states. Oh my gosh, definitely. And, and, and much to, I'm sure what you've read is there's a level of anxiety. Um, and that's such a strong word, but I always say there's more of a hyper arousal because our body's not used to having our mouth and nose covered. So when we think of being hijacked on our nervous system, I love the fact that we're doing something to counteract that by telling the body. It's kind of a soothing, wonderful blanket. Hey, we're going to give you something to keep that saliva produced so you can communicate to the nervous system. It's not so bad. We're going to be okay. Oh my gosh. Hey, this is why it's so important to have a podcast conversation. When my clients send me research and they see the words, um, you know, mouth, oral microbiome, neuroscientific brain connection, you know, that's just so intangible (laughs) to people. And (laughs) literally in the, you know, real life examples you just gave of people traveling and what everybody can relate to right now, you just explained the the connection between the brain and the mouth right there. And I love that. (laughs) Thank you for breaking that down. Okay. So you brought up uh, Dr. Droba. Everybody here is very familiar with him. We've had him on a couple times and he'll be back on with um, Leah because they have a whole different side to chat about jet renewal sometime soon. But yeah, he talks a lot about, um, he's really great at breaking things down simply talking about how the body needs to take out the trash. And I think it's genius that you formulated with glutathione because I always think about you know, the higher you go in the airplane, the more radiation we're exposed to. And I don't think regular travelers have really considered this epigenetic toll that it can exert on DNA. So will you get into that a little bit more and help everybody understand this concept and how the compound helps in this way? Sure. Oh, and thank you for bringing that up. Because, you know, it's interesting, if you're in the flight industry, and that, again, is such credit to Leah Drobot, because she works in that industry and has for many, many years. So she sees the toll 
of her colleagues as flight attendants and pilots, and no one has really been able to crack the code of that toll. And yet they recognize in the literature, it partly is due to the amount of radiation that they're exposed to. So now we go back into the cell. We go to every single billions of cells that we have, and we know that part of the engine to turn it is mitochondria. And yet, just like a factory, right, we know that there's regular maintenance to be done. There's safety uh, you know, officers that double check everything. And then there's really um, you know, supply chain workers that make sure everything kind of chugs along. Well, our cells are really no different. And so what I love about glutathione is actually combines, it's from broccoli sprouts. In fact, maybe I'll just pause quickly and say, in designing this um, nutrition, and I love the way you put it, nutritional system for travel, we wanted it food-based. And you probably can imagine, I always love to challenge people, if you, well, one, the tablet is chewable, but the <laughs> capsule of elderberry and the capsule of broccoli glutathione, if you literally poured it in water, you could drink it and it would taste like elderberries and broccoli sprouts because uh -huh. it's directly from the plant. But back to broccoli sprouts, it has um, two sides mainly, many phytonutrients, but two I think we can call out is sulforaphane and also then glutathione. And probably two, again, you're well-educated and well-examined <laughs> folks listening to your podcast know that sulforaphane is probably one of the you know sexy, sassy phytonutrients that we're starting to say, wow, it almost is flame retardant to the amount of oxidation that happens in the cell. So again, back to that factory, when we have you know a good supply chain, we know that you're burning at a very high level and there's just natural metabolites or toxins that are produced. Well, sulforaphane is our best friend inside the cell to squelch some of the activity to make sure it doesn't go awry. And then if we counter that with the amount of glutathione, we know that's actually thought to be what the master antioxidant or detoxifier. I like to say it's kind of the best house cleaner. Oh, so I think of it that way too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so having that compound, you know, um, broccoli, or I should say broccoli sprouts, having both sides of it, we notice within the cells uh, that we see that we do kind of get this one-two punch. We get a protective nature of what's happening on the factory floor. And then we also get nice cleanup. And again, many double-blind clinical trials to that. And we choose to actually have a registered trademark one in our product that has been studied. Um, it's actually high actives, it's called. And um, it's been used worldwide because of its activity to a cellular level is so strong for beneficial. Oh my gosh, that is so fascinating. My daughter eats Bracco sprouts. Um, okay. I put them in just about every little meal. And so she even noticed it on the ingredient list on Jet Renewal Kit. I thought that was so cool that she noticed it. <laughs> yes. Well, well, and, and if I may just stop you too, when I, you know, and this is again in Dr. Drobot's brilliance, when I did my research, I created this as a food-based protocol, right? Because, you know, you're always, you want a nutraceutical to be as natural as you can. So it, it really has to come from food. And so it really was, my, my pilot study was to take four lemons, to take three sprigs of mint, it was to take three coin-sized of ginger, and that was, um, you know, that plus obviously fermented food for this, um, the salivarious probiotic. And then it was two cups of elderberries and it was a cup of broccoli sprouts. 
Well, very quickly, my, <laughs> my uh, subjects were like, whoa, wait a minute, Patty, this is a little hard to take if I'm doing a transatlantic flight and I'm on two different flights and have to do that same thing. Uh, and so that's why we put it in capsule form for the ease of our participants. But again, it's all food. So I love the fact that she's dialed into that as a food base and then knowing when she travels, she has a convenient way to get it as well. Yeah, definitely. It's funny what you're saying. I think you could have convinced everybody with the essential oils and the elderberry and the probiotic, but once you throw a handful of Bracco sprouts in that mix, <laughs> yeah, that's a hard sell. So <laughs> having it in packets obviously is best. Um, speaking of, you know, I think of, <clears throat> I think of Jet Renewal, it embodies a little goes a long way. And one of my dear friends, she just recently traveled from California to South Africa. And she took um, jet renewal for her two little kids, her husband and for herself. And we are always incorporating more of our listeners questions. And she is asking, um, is it beneficial to use several packs in flight? And how do you determine how many to use if you're going, you know, cross continents and through you know, four time zones in some cases. I guess if you can explain this in terms of how insulin and cortisol shift throughout flight in determining, you know, what you want to take, maybe that would help people. Sure, absolutely. Thank you for such a dynamite question. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and again, what is so fun working with Dr. Drobot to mention him again is when you look at the physiologic cost of travel, it is literally about being in the tube right? It is about the change of air pressure. It is about the, the oxygenation drop. Instead of the 97% deliciously our body loves, it's down to 94%. So that adds stress. And then jet engine noise vibration adds that nervous system component. So what we created the kit and it comes in three sachets. So something you take before you get on, something mid-flight, and something when you land. So interestingly enough, if it's reasonable, and let's say you are doing two flights, two nonstop flights. So if that, you know, if we put it in practical terms, we go from LA to New York. Well, that would be you take all three sachets, right? Because you're on in that tube physiologically experiencing the results of, um, you know, the artificial environment. So you do want to take out the trash and you do want to keep immune and digestion and then keep your saliva up. And then let's say you're going on to Germany. Well, then that would be another strip because there again, in that tube, you're experiencing the same physiologic cost. So we say one strip for every nonstop. Now, because we work with the flight industry and much maybe to what your friend um, experienced in her, she probably had three, if not four legs to get to South Africa. Then we look at what's happening in a 24 hour cycle. In other words, you then do um, a strip for the 24 hour cycle. So not to confuse people, but the idea being with the elderberry and the glutathione, our cells treat that as in a 24 hour cycle. So in other words, if you have a three to four leg in that first flight, take a full strip and then imagine the next two or three flights as in 24 hours that you would do one strip. So in other words, I just had a flight attendant contact me exactly about this. Oh. So she flew from New York to LA. So she took one, three sachets to again, counterbalance the physiologic effect. And then she was headed to Hong Kong and she had two hopscotch, we call it, right? She had yeah. 
do. And so she then started the flight with a sachet of Depart, which was a lozenge, and it was an elderberry. And then when she landed, uh, now I forget what airport she landed in. I apologize. I think it was somewhere in China. Uh, she then took the mid-flight because she was mid-flight of her uh, yeah. hour cycle. Okay. So there again, she was able to inoculate with a chewable uh, uh, tablet, and then she took a glutathione. So now she's protecting her cells for what she's experienced on that first leg of the flight. And then she did her last and when she landed Hong Kong, she took the final sachet, which was an elderberry, and it was a glutathione. So there again, you can imagine from the body's perspective, it was, oh, thank you. You just gave me some personal training because now my immune system has to adjust to what's going on in Hong Kong. And thank you for helping me take out the trash and house cleaning so I can land ready to go and sleep well because the trash is taken out. My nervous system now has shifted. And I can wake up hopefully in the same state you did when you did your New England trip. I love that. That is so cool. That's why I'm so excited to have Leah Drobat on and hear her different use and perspective of it because she, you know, exactly what you just said. She is training her body um, to do (laughs) all these flips, if you will. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Yeah. It's really incredible how we can uh, bio finesse with things. Love that word. Well, I was on a recent, um, podcast with the biohacker babes and they were talking with Paul check. And he said that he didn't really like the word biohack. He said it sounded too extreme. So us ladies sat there and we came up with bio finesse. We thought that sounded a lot nicer. (laughs) Well, and, and, you know, truly, I totally agree with you. I was just having this conversation last night with someone because biohack and, and, you know, right or wrong, I associate as many of my colleagues with the computer hacks, which is never a good thing. And so you're doing something against the grain, if you will. Biofinesse to me is you're finessing the natural way biologically our body is going. And I've kind of adapted the idea of regenerative or renewal because I think we are learning more and more, right? And this is so speaking to your expertise that the body just wants to regenerate. And in fact, it it does every day as long as it has the components to renew and regenerate, um, build a really good strong fence day to day, day to day. Uh, if it doesn't have those building blocks, it's going to build the best fence it can, which isn't probably to the optimal for renewal or regeneration or biofinesse. We want to build a good fence. <laughs> well, I was going to just ask you what words of wisdom you wanted to bestow on everyone before we said farewell, <laughs> but you kind of just did that. But I guess I will ask what, you know, in light of everything that has shifted in recent times, um, What do you want to bestow on people today before we go? Oh, thank you. You know, I'll bring it back to how we started. And I do think there are so many silver linings to what we've all been through, as we say. And I I will steal this from a wonderful clinician, Dr. Sue Mortar. But she talked about that coming into what we've been through, we were a caterpillar and we were really consuming ourselves (laughs) and consuming the world around us. And then we went into a chrysalis and now hopefully we're going to come out as a butterfly. But the way I see it is it's the art of eating. Like now I'm having these great conversations with people again about how do you set the table? How do you bring yourself? What's the state of your mind and body when you come sit down to food? And artfully, 
um, we're taking time to make that table more delicious because whether, again, it's to boost our mood, whether we include music or candles or different napkins or if we artfully prepare the food on it. And now we're critically looking at what's on our plate and enjoyment is back in the, the flavor of our meals. And because now we're saying, you know what? Oh, my gosh, we can purposefully change up what we're serving and purposely bringing ourselves to the table in a different way. And I'm sure this speaks to what everything that you do as well, but I just feel like we can also tell people to slow down, chew your food, all these things that our great grandmother would have appreciated with us. And I know you and I appreciate a phrase that I love is Hara Kuchibu, and I don't speak Japan or Japanese, so I probably murdered that. But the idea is eat slowly. Let's relegate the beauty of the food in front of us. And most importantly, only eat to 80% full. full. <laughs> yeah, it makes such a huge difference. I always was intrigued by the longevity genes in my family. And it, once I went to Sicily and saw how my people were eating, not what they were eating necessarily, but how they were eating, it yes. became crystal clear why everybody in my family lives a long life and really embracing that concept of intuitively eating until you're about 80% full and just the amount of energy and clarity and relaxation that you feel in your body is just so incredible. So I love that too, so much. Yes, very well put. And that is fun. And I know you and I do share that as I'm sure with many of your listeners just the idea of what I call culinary anthropology, Me taking traditions and marrying it to clinical science. What can we learn that the ancient wisdom had to share? And I know, again, with, with your expertise and, and what you've um, you know, accomplished in your studies, I love traditional Chinese medicine. I love Ayurvedic. I love bringing, and that brings us back to saliva. They have used saliva as diagnostic for so many years. And now we're now marrying it to the science world, which I think is such a sweet spot. Well, as you continue your research into saliva, you are most definitely always invited to come back on because I have so many people who listen who are completely intrigued by this type of research. We have so many different scientists and doctors and then who I call our awesome citizen scientists. And the, you know, the audience just always has so many cool questions. So I know when you do come back on, they're going to want to hear the inner details of saliva even more. So we need to do that at some point soon. Oh, that would be wonderful. And not to be a crazy, silly pun, but won't that be a juicy discussion? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming and visiting with us today. And I can't wait to talk to you more soon, Patty. Super. Thanks again. I'm energized by our conversation. Awesome. Me too. All right. Have a great afternoon. We'll talk to you more soon, Patty. Thank you.